Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern-day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. Are we are live um, episode of Conspiracy in the Force. It is June second. Um, I'm your host, Conspiracy Kyle. Thank you, everybody who is um, watching live on. I think we are live on Twitter and we're live on Rockfin as well. It'll be posted to YouTube later because I was a bad boy and said something not so nice a, a year ago that they have combed through my archives and and said you. You shouldn't be saying those things. So I was on. A, I have a strike this week, so I won't be able to post live. But anyways, it will be up on YouTube soon. So thank you if you're watching YouTube after the fact, or if you're listening to the podcast. Definitely um, appreciate everybody's um, support. So today's episode, I have somebody with me that um, really helped me out quite a bit to visualize um, a project I was working on last year when I was when I was writing my book. I have uh, Mr. Josh Bentley with me who who drew some really amazing cover art for um, my book. And he's, a, he's an amazing artist. He's, he's doing really a lot of cool stuff traveling around the country right now. So Josh, how you doing this evening? Hi, I'm doing awesome. I'm really awesome to finally, finally be uh, talking face to face, at least virtually. Yeah, exactly. I know we've, you know, talked a lot back and forth, you know, messages, message wise, but we haven't really had the chance to um, connect. So if, if you could just tell everybody just a little bit, um, about yourself and, you know, some of what you're up to right now, which I think is really cool. All right. Well, um, uh, in a nutshell, basically I'm doing the hashtag van life thing. Um, but I'm not doing it aimlessly. Um, I've actually been, um, it's kind of been a goal of mine for years to get more off grid. Like I, I grew up, I mean, I grew up in Ohio, not far from where you're at, um, in the city and, um, just years of city life and working city jobs. I just, um, especially when um, the whole COVID stuff hit, it was just obvious to me that if I need to get like away from the city and closer to food sources, really. Um, so I've been, I've been traveling. I actually, I don't know if I even told you this, but 20 at the beginning of 2021, I actually did this before in a minivan. Um, it was very cool, but the minivan part wasn't so cool. Um, so I did that for six months and I drove around to national parks. I was going to do farm stays. That was my original plan. But because of the um, because of the COVID stuff, a lot of the farm stays and work exchange programs were shut down and traveling was sketchy as it was. Um, so I just went around to parks, basically got out in nature while um, COVID craziness was wrecking havoc on cities and kind of escaped and um it really just gave me a new perspective on where I wanted my future to go and to help other people's futures go and I think that is getting more off grid and like permaculture farms and um, self-sustained communities and homesteads and stuff like that so I'm still very much on the journey getting there I mean I haven't even gone to a homestead yet <laughs> Um, so I've mostly been traveling around um, I do photography and you know I do like painting so um I'm getting a lot of inspiration for art out here and uh, really just kind of on a spiritual journey, to be honest, um, kind of transitioning um, from my old life and I'm still not sure where my new life's going, but um, I'm ready for it. Um, right. So I, I don't know if you have any questions to. Yeah, um, no, I, I mean, I think it, I think it's awesome. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, like myself and a lot of people get, get stuck in this, this this world we live this world we live in right the working the nine to five working in the cubicle doing this and that in and out and you know for a lot of people it's you know aren't able to 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 find a way to to break out of that you know we make a lot of excuses on why continue to to live that way whether it's you know paycheck or house or this and that but um so I I really find it very inspirational what what you're doing it, it's it's very similar to um. What some other podcast friends of mine um, do, they um, they do a podcast called False Reality Check. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but they they moved from no, like inner, yeah, they moved from um, inner city 
I don't, I wouldn't say inner city, but like, you know, Southern California and they, they got out of the city, moved up to Idaho. So like they're living up in Idaho, you know, raising, raising chickens, doing this, having a lot of, you know, land and, it's really given them a lot of a, a great perspective. And, and, and you're right. I think we're, you're seeing a lot of people that are just kind of sick of, of, of all the, of all the in and out, you know, you don't even have to bring in the political aspects into it. Just the, just the daily grind. What do you think like the ideal way to live is, is, is it back to how we, how we used to live or, or how do we even used to live? You know, that's a question that I think has gotten lost along the way. Yeah, and I, I, with that nine to five, I think a lot of people don't have time to even really consider a lot of this stuff. I mean, how much time do you have at the end of the day to really put all your other thoughts and problems aside and start thinking about new ways of living? Um, most people don't even have the time to think about it, let alone do it. Um, and a, a lot of what's really, um, I think, pushed me to do this. Um, it, it's funny, a friend of mine asked, um, it was something like, uh, um, how long have you been looking forward to this this dream and I, I i told her it's not really a dream so much as i'm running away from my nightmare um <laughs> my nightmare was like the nine to five and not having time to really work on the life that i wanted i always felt like i was working for someone else's goals um really the majority of of my waking hours um and even when you're not at your job how often are you thinking of your job you know Right, um, right. It's it, it's a mental it's a mental really grind about food and where our food comes from too. So it right. doesn't usually come from the city. Right, right. So so where are you? Where are you at right now? Right now, I'm in. Um, it's probably about a half an hour west of Flagstaff. Um, I don't remember the name of this forest. You'll probably see the sun going down over here behind me. Um, so I'm on just what's called dispersed land dispersed camping um it's public land um it's there's way more of it out here than in ohio so it might be a little more foreign to anyone in ohio or that area but dispersed land dispersed camping is you can go out on public land and it's generally it's up to two weeks you can stay at one spot if you want and a lot of people do i mean there's so many rvs and uh people pulling um all kinds of crazy homemade homes behind them um, and people often stay out here for a couple weeks at a time. It's really not far from town at all. So it's kind of the, right now it's kind of, I will kind of one foot off the grid and one foot on the grid. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, have you met, um, have you met any people along your travels that are kind of doing something similar to what you're doing or are people, do you see people doing it recreationally? Like, have you, have you had interactions with other people? Are they doing this similar kind of thing? I meet all kinds of people out here. I mean, Probably the majority of them, at least the first time I was here, was uh, what you'd call snowbirds. That's people who live in cold areas, but during the winter, they like to come out west where it's warmer. Um, so you'd see a lot of older couples out here um, doing that sort of thing. Um, I definitely met uh, several people that were like me, just solo, um, living in a van or living in um, even like trucks and SUVs. I even see people out here in cars with a tent. Um, so there's really all kinds of people getting away from the city and just reconnecting with nature, I think is, is one thing I'm common out here. Right, right. Minor technical difficulties, but he'll be, he'll be right back. In the, in the meantime, while he's rejoining, I'm gonna share, um, I, want, I want to share my screen here. I want to show you guys some of, for anybody who's, who's watching this video, I want to I show you some of the, uh, some of the art that he's, he's put together. This, um, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show, you know, Josh put this together for me for the, my book that came out last year. Um, I was looking for something that kind of symbolized, you know, what the what the empire did um, in that galaxy and comparisons to what we see in our world. That can you hear me? Better so far. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I yeah, can I can. You. Okay, yeah. So, so, um, well, in the meantime, I wanted to just pull this up to talk about a little bit of, of art before we get back into. The, the question I asked, um, I was just mentioned how, you know, I, I had asked you last year, you know, um, I'm looking for some kind of, for some art for, uh, this, this project that I'm working on and trying to find a way to symbolize in, you know, in star Wars, how this, you know, evil empire, um, how, what they did is, is very symbolic of a lot of things that happened in our world. And, 
you know, you drew me this really, really great picture that I'm, I'm, I, I really, I really love. Um, so I just wanted to say thank you for, for that because it really helped help me to conceptualize, oh, okay. you know, this, this story that I was trying to do. And, um, for anybody who's not watching the, uh, the video version, it's, um, Josh drew this great picture of the, you know, the, the famous death star, but it's, it's firing on earth and, you know, exploding, exploding the earth. And it's a very, um, very symbolic, symbolic image of, of that totalitarianism mindset and what happens when that kind of um, thing goes unchecked. So anyways, let me um, go back here. Okay. All right. We are back now. So yeah. So before we had a little bit of disconnect there, just, you know, how, um, how has your, how has your art and, and the, your approach to art kind of changed as you've been on this journey versus before you left? Um, it has changed it quite a bit and it's actually making me rethink my art quite a bit because I typically have done a lot of portraits, a lot of, um, pretty landscapes and things like that. And I, I've done okay, um, selling here and there, I've definitely take off yet as an artist. I've really been struggling with the art portion of itself personally, because I feel like I need to start making art that does more than just look pretty um such as the art for your cover like i need to start doing art that has more layers of symbolism and elements to it um and it's it's kind of funny because when i came out here i thought that i was going to be doing a lot of nature paintings and i've done a lot of uh nature photography and when i sit down to try to do a nature painting it's just uh i don't know i guess it's not inspiring me in the same way as i thought it would but what what's really been on my mind out here is thinking about how how so many animals really have a lot more freedom than human beings um as far as like um eating food like i watch so many animals out here eating food and it's one of the luxuries of this lifestyle is i can sit here for hours watch like the same squirrel or same bird going around and going about their activities and I just think about all the humans that like from the day one you're born really without the right to start growing your own food without the right to start building your own house you have to go you know get permits and buy property and all that stuff um no animals do that no animals to go ask permission you know to the rest of the species um just to live and uh, so I I know I'm kind of going on rails of the art question but all tying together like there's really no um like the art and the lifestyle are starting to merge so i'm willing to i guess figure out how i'm going to relate these things in art so uh right that was the long way no <laughs> <laughs> i was just gonna say you know you mentioned about wanting to draw um portraits more of nature as you've been out there and, you know, you kind of did, you know, going more towards photography, you know, I'll say, you know, nature is so beautiful. And sometimes it, I, for me, and I'm not even an, an, an artist to that effect, but it's so hard sometimes, I think, to even capture like the majesty of nature in, in, in how it is. I mean, you look at, yeah. you know, a, a, anywhere, like I, I go on a walk down the street and just like in a, in a wooded area, you look at like a... um even just like a 10 foot by 10 foot area, every blade of grass is different. Every tree branch is different. Every leaf is different. Um, it's just, it, so uh, it, I, I, it's, it's probably very hard to, to, to truly capture that um, in a portrait, I would think. Yeah, uh, that's actually a big part. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that is what kind of trips me up out here when I go to try to paint. I thought I'd be just cranking out, you know, beautiful landscapes and, uh, sunset stuff i've done a few but whenever i do it yeah it never never comes close to matching the real thing um but that's something artists have always struggled with i, I guess um to some degree when you're trying to replicate something uh amazing or, or beautiful that you saw in real life and i think that's where a lot of artists go into abstraction because then you can kind of use your imagination and it's not going to visually be the same thing but it's like um you know, like the starry night painting or something like it gives you a feeling of, you know, how it might have felt to be there. So, um, right. 
if right. I do when, when I do continue to do landscapes, I think I'm probably going to be getting a little more abstract out here. Okay, cool. Cool. That'll be yeah. saying and you just can't you can't replicate it. Yeah, that'll be that'll be cool to see what you're able to come up with, you know, um of of course I I relate stuff to Star Wars all the time and you know, years ago when they started making like Star Wars like animated series, like you know, computer animated or just drawn animation, you know, people had a lot of hang-ups because the artists were taking a little bit of liberties with how all these classic characters looked. But but their defense was that like like you're saying like like listen, um, the the image in my mind of this character is a little bit different and it drawn in 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 an animated drawing style. It, there's a, maybe a cooler way for that for that to look. So it's um, yeah, and which is I'm which is cool. Thinking of Clone Wars when you say that. Yeah, definitely Clone Wars because you know some of the the features are more drawn out. Some of the faces are longer or elongated or, or just different. Features are accented, um, but I, I think it looks really cool because if, if you're just if you're just drawing the exact same thing that people have already seen before um, to every every frame every pixel, you know what's the point? Um, it, it should be an artistic yeah. expression that's a little bit different. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess the word for that would be stylized, right? Um, yeah, when I first saw Clone Wars when when I was when I was a, a kid or. Uh, I I only turned off at first because I I was so used to them as you know I'm like this this looks like kid stuff you know but of course now it's like it's a classic and it definitely belongs in the canon of Star Wars. Um, and I think I've taken a realistic approach it wouldn't have aged as well. Yeah, here, hold on, I got to grab this book real quick to show you. So I got this um I got this book about 10 years or so ago from my from my mother-in-law. It's um The Art of the Clone Wars. So it's it's season 1, awesome. a lot of the, a lot of the concept drawings, you know, that went into each of the episodes which, you know, I think is a, is a fascinating thing um with with any project, you know, any film, you know, there's so much artwork done beforehand and, and so much of it ends up on the cutting room floor. But I just, I love that idea of just a bunch of people in a room trying to come up with different ideas, different characters, different settings, different environments, um, not really knowing what's going to stick or what's going to be thrown, thrown away, but um, just having that, that luxury and that leeway to, to explore this, this story that they're looking for. And I, I feel like some of that, you know, kind of gets lost in kind of the current landscape we see of movies you know everything's like a marvel movie there's really not a whole lot of um mm -hmm. interesting kind of sets and things like that it's all just kind of computer drawn and this and that but well that's what i really liked about star wars is back in the day you know they would just george lucas would just let these people have at it just you know for for months and months on end just trying to draw what what they thought would be really cool uh, in the movie and then he would kind of cherry pick what what his favorite stuff was so i think that stuff's really cool yeah, I remember getting really into the making of the original trilogy when I was younger, and I was like fascinated that they modeled a lot of the ships after like old cars and stuff, and like the sounds of construction stuff or like engine. They made something really new with it. Um, yeah, and I love I love looking at those books like the one you have there that shows like the the sketches and the and the in progress kind of stuff because then you can really kind of see how it all came together through like a culmination of multiple imaginations right and that's right. really human magic as far as i'm concerned when humans get together and do and create and creating is our, our special like our superpower basically right as humans right right that, the image I think, of the creator yeah. we're all creators yeah exactly and i think that's why you know lucas named his special effects unit um industrial light in magic because it is truly magic. It is that movie, yeah. movie magic. You know, when it when you're watching something and, and you sometimes have to blink and like, man, it makes it look so real that sometimes you have to have to take yourself out of it because you know this is it's just a movie. I'm just watching, you know, a, a, a an imp something flashing on the screen, but they do it so well that it really immerses you immerses you in it. So, um, 
I, I wanted to ask you, 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 you brought up, um, you know, like the food supply a few times and, you know, obviously, you know, this year there's been a lot of issues with food supply and shortages and just inflation and in general, right. You know, or, or just manufacturers putting less, you know, chips in a chip bag, you know, which is a form of inflation as well. Um, um, you mentioned a lot of trying to get onto nature because of food source and this and that. Um, in your in in your van, are you able to to grow any of your own food? Kind of what is your what is your um kind of food source? How are you dealing with that uh, in, in the van life? Get up a bit, but I I think I I think you're asking like what what's the food situation out like living this way and. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, first, first I'll tell you, um, it's interesting driving across the country and going to different grocery store um, and seeing, you know, you hear on the news about shortages or supply line issues and stuff like that, but you, you never really know what it looks like, you know, across the country. So it's interesting that I got kind of a little, um, like, kind of a sampling of U.S. driving across, and I, they're... So there are certain foods that you know looked like they were understocked, but I actually didn't see anything that would have been any cause of alarm to me if they weren't saying stuff on the news. Yeah. Um, uh, well, one of my uh, kind of lips tests of like if I need to worry about food is if I can buy avocados or not, and I've never <laughs> been to a store that didn't have avocados. Um, I said that almost always come from Mexico. So it is a little crazy. We get so much food from, you know, so far away. Right. But, um, so, yeah, um, I actually, I think I made a post on my Instagram about food um, a couple of days ago. So if anyone's curious, they can go um, read that. But uh, basically, I, I just outlined um, some of the food I typically eat here when I'm living in a van. You know, a lot of it's camping type food, trail mix and stuff. When I prefer to cook over an open fire when I can. A lot of places out here, especially in Arizona, um, fires are often restricted. Um, if it's like, like right now, we haven't had rain in a really long time. So I've been cooking any fires, but I do have a little DIY. It's, this is in my post as well, but uh, a DIY uh, tea light stove that I made out of a aluminum can. And it's enough to put a little camp... Um, pot on there and like peat water for you know tea or noodles or whatever i make eggs in it um so there's a lot of stuff i can still cook um i have like um basically i call it a tree it's my pantry you know with uh canned goods and stuff so and uh, i still try out restaurants now and then when i'm going through interesting towns so there's really there's very little um limitations as far as my food because i'm i'm not super out in the middle of nowhere i'm just very really um i would say the biggest limitation though is that i don't have a full kitchen like i can't cook for a group of people or anything like that and i do miss <laughs> cooking like especially like the more artistic type of cooking where you're mixing ingredients and you have a huge mess out everywhere so i do miss <laughs> that um but overall i feel like i eat healthier out here than when i was in the city in fact, the last place I was staying in my art studio in Kent, Ohio, like I was cooking out of a microwave because I didn't have a stove there. So I'm actually eating better now than I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's cool. And, and that's good to hear what you're saying about the, the grocery stores and stuff. There's really not this, you know, crazy scare, right, that the news is, is telling us. Um, I think I heard someone say before yeah, that. stores are produce. Yeah, like I, I heard like this it was kind of it's kind of like a joke, but like during some big storms or something down south, like the, the news would like basically take all the food off of one shelf, move it to the other side and then like shoot a picture of the empty shelf. Right. But it's like they just move the food out just to make it look like a bigger problem than, than it was, which is really not surprising for anybody that's, you know, li that lives and has seen any bit of the media in our lifetimes. It's kind of uh a terrible a terrible thing so no that that that's that's good that's good to hear um so where are you where are you headed to where are you headed to next are you planning on staying around arizona a little while or are you moving on to another state well 
Yeah, I've been staying up here for the last weeks because Flagstaff is really nice in the summer. Like, it's it's pretty mild here. It's usually, like, um, high 70s, maybe low 80s. Um, but I, right now, I've been waiting, actually, to hear back from Buddhist Temple, not far from here, um, through a website called workaway.info. It's a website for, like, a work exchange. Um and like farm stays, like uh, there's a lot of permaculture farms and stuff on there. Post people come stay for uh, it's typically like a week to maybe maybe even up to a month, but um, usually it's it's like a short stay where you stay at a, a permaculture farm or whatever the host is, and you help do like work and you learn about you know their community, a homestead, or some kind of some kind of a self-sustained um, community. So the one I'm I'm waiting to hear from right now is a Buddhist temple, which would be really cool. I've never been to one, um, and uh, if that doesn't pan out, I'm probably going to contact some other hosts. Um, they're really all over the world. It's it's a really good way for people to travel if you don't have a lot of money, but you want to you know get hands on experience and and uh, with with different communities. It's a really good way to do that. Um, I'm waiting from that. If that doesn't pan out, I'll look for another one. And at the end of this month, I, I just found out about this the other day. There's, um, it's sort of like a festival, but it's called a rainbow gathering. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. Mm -mm, no, I think I saw a little bit on like your, on your like post. The, it, it, it's, I've never been to one, but it sounds almost like, and sorry if anyone's listening and they know more than me, if I'm butchering the explanation, it, it's, um, basically, um, it, well, they call it a rainbow family, and I think everyone's in the rainbow family. <laughs> this, it's they present it as a reunion, but you're meeting people you've never met before. But you just, you know, act as if you're family because we are all in the human race, one big family. Um, so I, anyway, that's at the end of the month, um, and it's like, it, it's maybe like a low budget Burning Man in a way. It's a lot of like hippies probably uh camping out for for weeks and um i'm just really looking forward to meeting people there and like i i'm sure it's going to open opportunities i really don't know what to expect there i've never been to a big place event like that so um that's my uh, short-term plans like in the next month cool cool yeah yeah when, when i first saw you post about it before i read about it you know i was like i was like oh is this some is this some you know june like pride pride festival thing but it sounds like it's it's not it's not that at all it's a bunch of it's a bunch of people getting together and um you know you know talking about creating communities and things like that so that sounds pretty awesome yeah it's it's very like peace and love oriented in fact I, i'm pretty sure they they do um like group prayers for world peace at, at some point in the event but where's that at is that um is that up north from where you are it's going to be somewhere in Colorado. They actually don't announce the location until, um, I think it's a, maybe another two weeks. They're going to announce in the next two weeks. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly where, but it's somewhere in Colorado. That's all I know. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, so what's the your 50th um, anniversary? So that, that'll be interesting. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing more, um, about that. So, um, so what's kind of your, your long-term goal? Do you plan on doing this for, for se several more months? Or are you just kind of, just kind of playing it by ear right now? I'm sort of playing it by ear. Um, really my long-term goal is to help build up um, sustainable off-grid communities. Um, originally, uh, years ago, I was thinking that I wanted my own, you know, and I looked into like land because you can buy like kind of undeveloped land relatively cheap, but then you, it's a lot of to get utilities and get the land going and everything. And uh, the more I was looking into it, I was like, why, why would I be starting this on my own when I know there are people out there already doing this? I should be going out to people already doing what I want to do and just help them do it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And, and I'm, I'm single. I don't have any real dependencies. I mean, everything I own is in this van. So I've kind of set out my life to be kind of like, kind of reagent for the universe and just kind of, kind of going where the wind blows me. Um, but not without intention. Right. right. And like at that events, I'm, I'm sure it's going to open up a lot of networking opportunities. So. Right. Right. 
Um, have you been able to, um, have you been able to like, um, are there any like art fairs or have you been able to like sell any artwork or anything along the way? Have you been able to, to is that, is that something that you've been able to do or something that you've been looking to do or, or how does that, how does that work out? I haven't, yeah, I haven't looked enough at art festivals. Um, on the way out here, generally if driving out here, like if you take like an old Route 66 route, it, it really kind of turns into Route 40 now. But there wasn't a lot of art festivals along that, that route. I, I would have had to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. But now that I'm out here, I'll probably be looking for more um, of those types of things in Arizona. Um, I haven't really, I've never really been good about selling things in person. I sell more stuff online. So I, I, right now I'm, I'm on a commission later tonight. So I, I do get art commissions on the road. That's kind of, I guess, my main source of income. Um, I, I don't really work that, though. Like, I'm not working eight hours a day on artwork or anything. Like, I'm giving myself freedom to take, like, three-hour walks or stare at birds, you know. Um, but, yeah, I, I would like to ramp up the art sales and start doing more in-person physical stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so let's, I want to go back, uh, go back a, a, a ways kind of, when did you, um, when, when did art start becoming, you know, a, a part of your life or has it pretty much always been a part of your life? Kind of, how did that, how did that start, you know, from, you know, did that start in early age and start when you were like a teenager in college, you know, how, how did your, um, how did you start to hone those skills of, of an artist and thought, you know, this is something I can do that it's, it's really, you know, something unique that I can do. Okay. Well, that's going to open a, a can of worms because I actually wasn't, I wouldn't have considered myself an artist or, or any way committed to it until I was about 39, 40. So it's really only like in the last, um, I'm 45 now. So it's really only the last like five or six years that I've really started taking the art thing seriously. Um, I went to Kent State um, a, a few years back for art, but most of my life, like all through my twenties, I was pursuing IT jobs. I was working in computers. I wasn't making art at all. Like I was, I was cubicle every day, um, like maintaining servers and doing networking things. Um, and I've worked various other like tech jobs. Um, basically, I was I was following that you know kind of American dream. They're they're young to like you know climb climb uh, climb that ladder of raises and promotions and stuff. And it's all um, I think it was about two thousand two thousand seven. I guess um, I was working a really well paying job, but. Uh, I, I just realized that I wasn't happy. That the extra money I was making, I was just spending on dumb things like buying rounds of drinks at the bar for people or buying video game systems that I never play. You know, a, a lot of the, the similar traps a lot of people fall into with money if they're not happy day to day. Um, so at some point, I just decided I'm saving a bunch of money. I'm getting out of here. I go out west even back then. Um, Seattle back then because I I grew up on the grunge music so I was really into that whole like grunge scene in Seattle so that kind of lured me out there uh, saved up money for a year and like got rid of most of my stuff and bought a train ticket because I, I don't really like flying and I thought a train would be cool and it was cool uh, took a train out to Seattle I was trying to find a job in video games at that point, actually. So, so you can kind of see where I was starting to get interested in art. Um, that was like the only creative thing I could think of that was related to computers and, and what I was currently in. Um, but when I was at, when I, when I was in Seattle, uh, a buddy of mine had just moved to LA and he told me to come down there and work for Activision with him. Cause he just got a job oh, cool. at Activision. Um, so that's what I did. I went down there. It, it took a couple months to get in there, but I got an entry-level position at Activision as a game tester, which was the best the best nine to five job I've ever had. In fact, well, it wasn't nine to five. It was we were working like fifteen hour days, but that was the best traditional job I've had. Well, I guess not traditional either. But um, 
anyway, I did that for about a year. Um, those jobs don't usually last long. They're usually temporary. So I got laid off after a year. Uh, and then I, um, I basically decided to come back to Kent and pursue art. Uh, so that's when I came back to school. And it's funny, when I, when I entered the art program at Kent State, I thought that I was going to be doing video games. Um, even though they kind of had a traditional art program, it wasn't geared towards like digital art or anything like that. Um, so I, I, I originally started as a drawing major and then shifted to painting. And uh, really when I started exploring that and exploring the, the world of art and art history and every just going to museums and seeing paintings in person instead of just digital pictures on a screen, like it really just made me fall in love with the whole like all of art, like out, outside of the commercial world or being a job that I was just like, I need to make art, I need to see art and I need to like help other people make art if they want to do it. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's really where I, I fell in love with it and I, I'm still not sure what I'm doing with it or where it's going, but I, there's <laughs> no other path for me now. It's art is part of me. I, I th well, I think um, that's, I think that's awesome because ahead. you know, it, it's, it's kind of polar opposites, right? You know, there was this, you were in this crazy tech world, right? The, the the tech world with the digital art, and now you're out in nature with the, with you know physical art and physical paintings and and actual things that are going on in nature. So it's yeah. that's a really interesting di dichotomy there, and it's like you kind of have to you had to have have had the one to I think probably to appreciate this one you're going through here. Sorry, I repeat that last sentence. Oh, yeah. So I was just saying, you know, you, you know, living in that, that digital world, it's, it's almost like you had to have that life in the digital world to truly appreciate this life that you're living now, yeah. right? Li living more amongst nature and um, physical things versus this ambiguous, you know, digital world. Yeah, that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is interesting that I don't necessarily regret that past life working in the cubicles because I see it as a very step where I'm at now because you're right I wouldn't have appreciated this the same if I'd never kind of gone through um hell so to speak <laughs> um and that's like I was saying earlier like I, I'm not necessarily living my dream as much as I'm just getting away from my nightmares and that that was like being stuck in a job forever and it you really don't realize at least i didn't realize until i started getting out in nature more that like looking out the window in an office is not the same as being in a forest yeah i mean obviously in appearance it's different but i mean like you feel different like it affects you different and um i don't know yeah I, that's i don't think i'll ever be able to go back to that kind of lifestyle that's super important because you know um the 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 job I have now, I'm able to work at home a little bit so I can, you know, I can, I can work on my computer outside. I can have a nice window and look out. But like when I'm in my office, I'm literally in a basement where there's, there's barely, there's barely any light right there. There's overhead, you know, fluorescent light, but that's not, that's not natural. That's not, that's not how we're really meant, meant to live. So there's definitely something to be said for, for, for anybody that, you know, works in that kind of nine to five. I definitely, you know, when I'm in my office, um, it, I definitely at, at lunch, I'll go, I'll go take a walk. We have kind of this, this big walking trail behind our, our office. I always take like a half hour, 45 minute walk every day, just out in nature because you need to, you need, you need to have that. And, and some people, um, you know, with this nine to five grind, some people are so stressed out. They're so burned out. They feel like they can't even give themselves a break to go do things like that. But but that time, I think, is for me, is super beneficial, super important. It, it inspires me, it gives me ideas about things that I want to do with work. Whereas if I didn't leave that, that area, I'm just going to be in that same pissed off mindset, you know, the whole rest of the day. And, you know, you made a good point earlier. You're like, you know, you had some good jobs, you're making really good money, but then you're working 12, 15 hour days. And it's like this trade off mm -hmm. between, you know, you can have all the money in the world. But you 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 have no no time, and you know time is is the most finite resource we have. You know if you compare it against money, you know money you can, you can make more money tomorrow, you can make more money the next day, but you can't get back hours lost on 
things that you didn't really believe in. So I think that's, that's really super important about what you're doing now. It's really, you're spending time on, on things that, that, that are, are crucially important to you. Just, just being in nature, understanding what's going on around you, looking, just like you said, looking, um, at nature. I, I think people don't even give themselves the, the time to do that. You know, one thing I try to do every morning, um, before I take my kids like to, to school and to daycare is like, let's go outside and look at the birds. Like my daughter, she's only two, but she just like, she loves to just go look at the birds just flying around. And, you know, I caught myself thinking like, I've never done this before. I've never just stood outside and, you know, looked at the different birds flying around. You know, they're all different. They all have different, you know, um, flight patterns. They all have different, you know, tasks they're trying to do. Some are trying to build a nest. Some are trying to, to feed their families. Some are trying to, you know, do whatever. Um, and it's, it's those little things. Oh yeah. It's like real world Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's like, you know, I, I catch myself. Uh, there's, thinking, like, there's endless. I find new birds and, and animals every day that I've never seen before and plants, you know, every day it's something new. Right. Um, and isn't it, yeah, isn't like, it funny? Go um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Just one thing. Um, isn't it funny, you know, in our culture that, uh, um, a hobby like bird watching is 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 basically looked down upon like you're a freaking weirdo if you do that but i think i think that's super yeah. it's super cool to understand what's going on in nature and those same kind of people that tell you that that's crap want you to sit in that office for 10 hours a day yeah i think part of it is uh i time like we associated money so closely like there's that phrase time is money and it, it's, I think we've all believed that at least some point, at least in little moments throughout our day, especially if you have a busy day and a bunch of things lined up you're trying to get done. Uh, it's it's really hard to justify um, going out and just staring at birds or watching ants build a, 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 a giant ant home. It's hard to justify that because you find this voice in your head. It's like, what are you doing? You're wasting time. Like, you're wasting time. Okay, we need to move along. Like, we need to go do stuff now. Um, it took me a long time to get used to that. Because um, part of moving lifestyle for me was like, I wanted to have the freedom to, if I want to take a day and go, you know, walk around like, and take photos of butterflies or something like I want to be able to do that um, and I want to be able to do something like that on a whim too because something else that, that bothered me about the nine to five job was like how how little people get to see each other and because you have to schedule it like on the weekends or, you know or an hour at night or something um, like when I was working that IT job I was working full-time and, and I was getting paid good it was like like 40,000 plus a year, which was way more than enough for me as a single person. Um, but it's funny now I, I only make about 10,000 a year. Like I, I technically live in poverty, but I live so much better than I did before. And I'm so much happier and healthier. I'm healthier in my forties than I was in my twenties. I had so many random health problems. Um, <laughs> and I was eating, you know, as a, a lot of, people do i was eating for pleasure a lot of times because you know if you have a rough work day then then you want to reward yourself with you know like a, a delicious fast food or something but out here you know sometimes preparing a meal might take me two hours if i'm cooking over a fire to like gather wood and dig a hole in the ground and do all this stuff but i always enjoy the meal so much more and i find my myself enjoying the process uh, something else that's interesting about staying out here especially in a van with windows is that my life is kind of dictated by the sun um especially especially in the desert because it gets cold at night so like it, when the sun goes down it starts to, to cool off you know and I, I don't feel doing as much so i tend to go to bed when the sun goes down and i it's hard not to wake up when it comes up at like five in the morning out here um <laughs> But getting into that natural cycle and uh, something just feels so right about that as, as a human being. Like, I feel like we're supposed to be paying attention to cycles of the planet and like working with that. So that's another thing that got me in a, into the permaculture thing, because a lot of a lot of what people are doing is finding ways to cycle things on 
homestead. So they'll use like gray water, you know, from showering to like water the plants and things like that. Awesome. Awesome. Dude, that I, I really, I really think you're doing something really cool and it's, it, it's inspiring. I hope everybody listening gets, gets something out of this because you know, there's, there's a different, there's a different way to live. Um, and it's, it's not, it, it, it shouldn't be something that people say is weird or, or, or strange. It's really how, how we used to live. You know, we used to be so connected to nature. We used to cook a lot of our own food. We used to do all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now we live in these, you know, techno cities where everything is just so manufactured and so manipulated that we've gotten away from that. So we think that anything opposite of that is, is strange and weird, but it, it's, it, it's, it's messed up that it is like that. Um, you know, of course, like of course, another Star Wars parallel I have is, you know, any time in Star Wars where you, you see this, you know, huge big empire fighting against people, um, they're, they're always, they're fighting against like primitive um, societies, right? Like look at like the Ewoks, right? They're fighting against this primitive society mm-hmm. with all their technological weapons but really, the, the Ewoks using forces of nature are able to um, help overthrow this, this government. And I think that's a very powerful statement there. You know what I mean? That um, people think that this, this current way is the only way to live, but there are, there, there are, there are, different, there are different ways. There are, there are better ways. There are ways that are more in tune with how humans are supposed to be. So def- it's definitely something for, for, for everybody to think about. If nothing else, just, just for people to get out, to understand about getting out in nature more. I think that's super, super important. I have a, a, a great comment that I just thought of when, when you're mentioning the Ewoks. Because um, I, I thought of this the other day, kind of randomly um, smoking weed. I smoke a lot of weed out here. Um, but... I was thinking of the Ewoks and how at the end of Return of the Jedi, how, you know, they have the big celebration in the Ewok village. And it's just like this great, great party, you know, um, like this community party. But I was thinking about how important the environment is and in, in to that. Like, imagine if they tried to have that celebration at like Mos Eisley Cantina or something. You know, it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been the same joyous occasion, you know, and I think. I mean, obviously that's just the movie, but I, that relates to real life. Like you need, your environment is very important. Right, right. Some, some environments are, are meant or better suited for, for, for different things. Absolutely. I'm with you there. I'm with you there. How, how's the weather right now? It's pretty great. It's, um, I think it probably got up to like low to mid 80s today but um i i can't complain i've been really impressed with uh, uh my solar setup i just have like a little fan and that's enough to keep me cool during the day as long as i keep air flowing through here you know so yeah it's the weather's great up here um i'm sure a lot of people would wish it would rain but um it's wild to see you'll see giant clouds come through here and they just never never set down any rain they just go right over and <laughs> i guess head out to ohio or something notice out here the time to stare at the sky all day uh, i'll eventually i'm going to post a video about that on my instagram because i i have footage of uh there's one day there was just um trails going all over the sky and you know my my opinion on the the chemtrails um theory is it doesn't really matter um even if they're just flying planes as really like seeing all that exhaust you know all over the sky that can't be good for us like burning that fuel is, is putting off something that we don't want to be breathing in right um, right so yeah it's, it's fortunate seeing that out here but yeah yeah you know we always see Other all those the man-made weather the natural weather is good <laughs> it's just crazy you know we see all the trails across the sky and then as soon as i see that i'm like it's gonna rain it's gonna rain within like two hours and every time it it, it always does it's just but, but some days when you get perfectly clear skies, it's, it's, it's beautiful. But, you know, some days it's like they're really, they're really working up something here, you know. Um, so as we, as we close out, I, I appreciate you, Josh. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, this is great to actually physically, physically talk to you. Um, if you're ever back around this way again, we'll have well, to go digitally out. digitally at least. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If if you ever find your way back around this area again, you know, definitely hit me up. We'll have to go. What we'll have to we'll have to yeah, hang out. Hey, maybe definitely. maybe we'll record we'll record a podcast from the van. We should do that. Um, so yeah, um, where can where can everybody find you on um on Instagram or any uh, other sites? I'm mostly on Instagram right now. Um. So I've, I've been thinking about moving to Twitter. I don't know if that's a good place for artists or not. I really haven't spent much time on, on there. Um, but right now I'm on Instagram um, as Job, J-O-B, one, one. Um, that, that's my main personal account. Um, and in my profile, I also have a link to just my art only account, which I think I the other day I'm, I'm separating them now because I'm kind of having an identity crisis with my social media because... It used to just be art, but I've been traveling and doing photography and and also feeling compelled to comment on some things that are going on, you know, in, in social media and mainstream media world. So, um, yeah, I've separated my art into a, a separate um, account, but that's under my, my profile if someone wants awesome. to check out just the art. But, um, yeah, Job, J-O-B-E dot one 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 on Instagram. Awesome. If anyone wants to reach out and ask questions about anything, like I'm open to helping anybody um, get out of the cubicle life. So, awesome, awesome, awesome. And yeah, I'll post all the I'll post all the links to your um to your art and to your pages and everything in the in the notes to this podcast, so everybody can go can go check out that stuff. And and I'm gonna post some links in there as well too. Um, I wasn't able to to share it in here in the in the in the stream, but. You know, you drew some. This was, a, you know, a few years ago, and you you keyed me onto this, which is why I wanted you to help me out with with the with the book cover. You drew some really awesome black and white Star Wars sketches. So I will I will post the link to that uh, to those as well because I think cool. those are Thanks. just those are just super super cool. Any you know, obviously, you know, no surprise to anybody listening or watching that I'm 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 big into that. So I love any different stylized interpretation of that kind of stuff. So. Um, so, so thanks everybody for tuning in to um, another episode of Conspiracy uh, in the Force. Um, I will be back Monday with a episode breaking down the the latest episode of that new Obi Wan series. Some crazy stuff just happened, so we'll we'll talk about that and then um, have something a podcast on Wednesday. Then another guest next week. Um, I hope everybody has a great Friday and a great weekend. May the Force be with you and God bless. <laughs>